Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before I introduce the people that's going to help me navigate this ship, let me tell you how you could participate with this show. You could participate by reaching us via email. That's Road to Damascus. That's Road the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can reach us via our social medias. We are on Instagram, Threads, Twitter, and TikTok. And that's Road to Damascus. That's Road the number two, Damascus. Reach out. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Tell us how much you like the show, how much you don't. Topics you would like to hear us discuss all in any and all feedback is appreciated, and we thank you. And now, time for the show. With me today, ladies and gentlemen, is a returning champion. They've been on Final Jeopardy a few times. They've collected all the money. They, uh, I don't even know if we can call it Jeopardy anymore. We might have to name it after them. But this is uh, the Sage of Sage, the wise one, the Oracle of Oracles. A woman after God's own heart, someone who is in the midst of the wilderness right now and is stepped out of the wilderness to share the wisdom that they have gotten from the wilderness with us. They living on berries and twigs from bugs right now, but we know that living on them berries and twigs, God is doing something special with them. Ladies and gentlemen, I know her as Big Sis. Y'all know her as the rabbi. Say what's up to the rabbi, people. Say what's up to the rabbi. <laughs> what's up, everybody? <laughs> I love it. Got to have some. I told you I got to have some <laughs> spicy every time. Every time. That was one of the best. <laughs> that was one of the best. Hey, man, you out there in the wilderness living off locusts and berries right Listen, now. locusts and wild honey, <laughs> man. That's it. Hey, you know, hey, hey. It's too cold right now to baptize in the Detroit River, but Ooh. when it's time, hey, come ye repent. Listen. The kingdom at, of the Lord is at hand. It's at hand. And they need to understand Ooh. that. If they only knew how close. They don't know. They but don't. that's why we here. That's why we here. To let them know. To tell them. Get that relationship right. And hurry up. Get it right. Get it tight. You ain't got a lot of time. Yep. So... So before we start, how has God been God? Well, I already did you. You just let them know. Go ahead. You just take the floor. You know what? There, there is so much I can say right now about. Probably a whole things. hour. Yeah, about actual things that God has done. He's, man, the, the invitations just keep coming. And uh, I have to tell you about this one offline. Oh, okay. Uh, but the invitations just, just keep, you know, they just keep coming. He's opening doors, but I, I think everybody, you all might remember when I said that he told me that this was the season of wins, that it wouldn't be in spurts, it would be in streaks, and he has honored that. You know, it has not been without some, some disappointments, it has not been without some, some frustrations and some persecutions, but he kept, he has kept his word. But how he has really, the, the thing that just just kind of grabs me in the chest is that he's been guiding for me by not allowing me to miss him. Like he, he's, he's tightening the, the bolts 
you know, and dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Like he, he's not going to allow me to miss him or to die in, in my sins. He, he's not allowing me to mess up and be okay. You know, he's just been so close. And I, listen, that is so much better than the invitations. It's better than, than, than the book. It is better than um, anything that I could ask for that is tangible. The relationship that he's establishing with me is the best way I could ever ask for him to God with me. It's, it's been like that. I was talking to my sister the other day, and we were talking about our, our birthdays. And I was like, you know, I was talking to somebody, and I asked them, like, do you remember like when you, when you received the Holy Spirit? And, and they didn't remember. And I was like, wait a minute. You remember your birthday? Like the day you were actually, you know, came through the birth canal, and they told you you were born. I'll use my own birthday. You, they told yeah. me I was born March 3rd. Every year, I remember that I was born March 3rd. If you ask me, when is your birthday, I can tell you, never forgotten it, have had many celebrations. But if you ask me the day that I received the Holy Spirit, I can tell you that day as well. August 17th, 1999. Hello, August, October 21st, 1990. You don't ever forget that. That's the day you were born. you telling me you remember the day that you came through the portal you have no memory of that date. Somebody just told you that's when it was. But the day you were there for, the day God introduced himself to you from the inside out, you don't have a recollection of it, then I'm telling you it didn't happen because you will <laughs> never forget it. Never, ever will you forget that moment. So, yeah, I just want to throw that in there. I can't disagree with that. It's hard for me to top because God ain't gotten for me. Like, no, I'm just playing. However, He gotten for you is good though. Absolutely. Hey, waking up is God gotten. Just so we understand, folks, sure just well. listening. Um, but I'll just say this real quick. It is a privilege to be a person that can be people's safe space. Yes. And when people feel comfortable enough to come to me in their struggle. And know that I am going to listen without judgment, but also give them some harsh truths out of love, and they still continue to come back. I see as a privilege. Absolutely. And God is bringing people into my life where He wants me to give them a word of wisdom, but also to listen. Sometimes we just need people to listen. And people have been coming to me and they're, expressing the things that they're dealing with, they're going through. And it's not that I am um, allowing them to be okay in the bad stuff because I'm letting them know through the word of God, no, this is wrong, that's wrong, but it's still out of love. Right. And a lot of people don't have the tact mm -hmm. to be able to do that with people. Like you can, uh, you need, you going, no, people don't want to hear that. They want to, they the same. We have to be as gentle with them as God is with us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we're not. And that's what frustrates me with a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ, that the same grace that God gave them mm -hmm. when they were in their struggle, in their 
season of disappointing God. And he still kept them. We God want the prodigal son. Everybody wants God. The way God, you, Jesus talks about the prodigal son, we have to be the same way, the way we love people. Mm-hmm. And not that it's okay what they did, but bring them back in the fold and let them know it's going to be okay. So that's how God has been guiding for me. And I appreciate him for that. So the topic, and I know Shonda about to be, let me go on and get these buttons ready. Make sure they all, let me hold on. Let me just do a quick check folks. Yep. That's good. Yep. That's good. And okay. We, we cool. Cause I, I, I'm, you know, the, the walk she on right now, how close she is. I'm pretty sure she about to drop some nuggets on us today. You said it's about streaks, right? Mid two thousand Golden State. If you you know you take a little ten point lead, next thing you know, Steph Clay <laughs> get hot. That ten point deficit that turned into a twenty five point victory. Like, like they can't miss. It can happen real fast. <laughs> happen real quick. Just real blink. Quick. Just blink. Like we was up ten, and now we down twenty five. Just guess that's ball game. Hey. So um, the coach, we got. You know, it's it's hard to lose. Hard to lose. Uh, coach, general manager, team president, owner, owner. It's hard to lose. Hard to lose. Um, so last week, Shonda, um, on your block is hot. You had brought up um, the Dream Center, uh, Bishop Murphy. Yeah, and his uh, shenanigans during uh, their watch night service, mm-hmm. and. Um, friend of the show, um, my cousin, Nicole Flanagan, um, her husband, uh, Dante sent me a video of another pastor in his church and (laughs) it wasn't, um, what William Murphy was doing, but he was talking about, this is for the ratchet folks and begin to recite a rap song and Mm -hmm. like had the. Uh, church uh, musicians like going with it. Oh yeah, on my mama, mm. on my hood. I look fly. Yeah, I look good. That's what he was chanting. Yeah, and, and my- had the nerve <laughs> to try to make it like holy, like put the chords. Right. Y'all know them chords, right? With it, yeah, yeah. Then my aunt Nicole's mom, my aunt Robin. I love you. I don't know if you're listening. Who sends me videos. Let me tell you something. 90% of my block is hot. Comes from videos she sends me. And if she had a show. 90% of her block is hot. Would come from me. So we just sent steady send. Block is hot material. To each other. Like it's just ridiculous. Um, But she said. And they asked her. Why you always sending this to Brock? Because I need somebody to be just as mad as me. And y'all don't get as mad as I get. He do. He, he, he does. <laughs> um, sent me this video of this uh, pastor who, on his pulpit, just political. If you vote a certain way, you go going to hell. Basically, if you live in this country, you call yourself a Christian and you vote Democrat. Right. I don't want. He said, "I don't want you in my church." I don't want you in my church. One is not your church, but that's a. So, Shonda, it seems as though now listen. Anybody who's listened to this podcast knows how I feel about the synagogue experience. And I am one who says that I do not like the fact 
that that we follow a script and that every church is the same. I have openly said that. Shonda knows how I feel about that. Absolutely. But I also know that there are parameters that need to at least be within the bylaws of how etiquette should happen in these synagogues. And if I want to be in the world, I'll be in the world. If I want to go to a political rally, I'll go to a political rally. But unfortunately, the line has become so blurred between the world and holiness in the eyes of some folks that we're just allowing anything to happen in these synagogues. How did we get here, Rabbi? <clears throat> well, in, in short, I think that we are here because there are many people who have called themselves. Um, there are people who have things they want to say and have decided that one of the best ways to have it heard is to start a church. Um, it is one of the easiest ways to gather people who feel like you feel. Pulpit. It, it shouldn't be as attractive as it is. I don't think people really understand the responsibility that comes with being the shepherd of a pulpit. I don't think they understand it. I think they feel like this is an opportunity for me to say all the things I want to say, to get out everything that I feel. This place has nothing to do with how you feel. It has nothing to do with your emotions. It has nothing to do with your opinions. This ain't that. You want to do that? Get a podcast. Yeah, it's tons of podcasts, a you know lot I mean? of ridiculous ones, too. You know what I mean? Get you a YouTube page or whatever. But that sacred spot where life and death is is in your mouth, it's it's in your hands, that sacred spot where your your soul is is at stake and the souls of other people, I think people, I think we have treated it with such um, casualness and callousness that people don't understand anymore the seriousness of being in that space. And I think that's how we got. Jeremiah 23 says, woe to the pastors or shepherds, because pastor means shepherd, mm -hmm. that scatter my sheep. Mm -hmm. And you talked about the responsibility that comes with being a shepherd. Do you think that the years of mega ministries, the years of prosperity gospels, the years of um, be, being overly religious has led us to, to people, you know, cause my, my philosophy is always this. I don't believe that we ever do um, a course correction. I believe there's always an overcorrection. Mm -hmm. So when you go into church six days a week, now you only want to go to church one day a week for 45 minutes. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. you grew up where it was like. So we were there seven days. Oh, seven. Seven. Okay. Because choir rehearsal was on Saturday. Oh, okay. And it was like a church service. Okay. So it wasn't rehearsal. It was literally like. Oh, yeah. We were there from like five to nine. On Saturday. On Saturday. And they had to be back at eight in the morning for. We had to be there at 930. Okay. In the Sundays. morning. Okay. Yeah. 
but you get what I'm saying. And now most. Oh, we had two services on Sunday. Oh yeah, and so. then dinner afterward. Did they do dinner afterward? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just you lived at the church. Pretty much. You know. Yeah. Um. So there, I believe there's always um, a overcorrection. So I believe that we have seen people complain about church being generic in one sense, and then church being not willing to discuss topics of justice and reform in other areas. So instead of finding a way to bring these in by using the word of God, we just went on and just brought it in, in from the world. Do you believe that that's what happened? I do believe that there has been an attempt to merge the two. I think that a lot of people feel like, well, you know, we have to win the world. And in order to win the world, we need to have some of the amenities that would bring them in. So you become the world to win the world. Then what do you do with the souls that are assigned to you? What, what do you do for them? Because we're here. We're here for God. Absolutely. We're here for instruction, reproof, correction rebuke we are here to be edified we we here to get somewhere so you're going to take all of that and and shape shift it into something that is acceptable to the world well you can't feed me both of these <laughs> you know what i mean you can't feed both you can't of serve two masters you cannot you cannot and you can't serve these two groups from this one house you can't do it and sweet and sour come you trying to have Sweet and sour coming from the same. Nope. What happens is now it's all bitter. Like putting the new in the the old wine in in new skins or the new wine in old skins. You destroy both. You lose the wine and the skin. Decide what you're going to be. If you tell the truth, the unadulterated truth, give God's word. It alone will save souls. You ain't got to get up in the pulpit and swag and surf for people to come in. Because now what do you do with the folks in here who praises what I do? What what do you do with them? What do you do with them? The the aggressiveness with which I would have walked out. (laughs) You would have made sure they knew why you was walking out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like that time uh, LeBron gathered his stuff after that press conference. With his little suit. His suit with his shorts. And just grabbed his suitcase and, and just walked just out. Walked out of- Mid-interview. Right. There are no, there's nothing else. We have, water, we have watered it down. No, I don't even, like, Shonda, you done had Kool-Aid that's too sweet. And you pour a little bit out or pour and add some water to it. Mm-hmm. To get, to get some of the sweetness out. Right. I think we didn't water down the water down. Because to me, it was already getting watered down. So we didn't water down the water down. Mm-hmm. Because there, for the longest, they were afraid to have certain conversations anyway. And that's what I, I talk about. Like, when I started this podcast, one of the things was, is conversations I didn't hear happening, I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. but have them in a constructive way, have them in a way that was biblically based. Now we can crack jokes and have a good time, but at the end of the day, we know what our mission is. Right. 
but we're not out here trying to like, all right, well, you know, our, our this podcast is brought to you by Marlboro Lights. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Right. It ain't none of that. We, me and Shonda are going to be doing a live podcast from Trump's up the street, which right. is a strip club. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, no, because that ain't our audience. That's right. not who we're appealing to. Absolutely. So I believe that it was already getting watered down. And then you add some more water to the already watered down. It ain't even the same thing anymore. Right. It would be different if they were just adding water. Y'all adding Patron. <laughs> we we way past. Y'all adding Hennessy. Get a little bit of this yak. We, yes. We are way past watering it down now. It. Whew. The pastors are doing it. You know, we went from you you might have a young person on, a youth on their minister. Phone, you oh. know what I mean? They playing something, you know, they're watching a little video during church service. Cut that off. You know what I mean? Or you might yeah. have the, the youth department get a get a song that's a little bit too close. You recognize that bass line, like, hey, yeah. hey, hey. I, I But you can that. but you can reel them in. Because you reel understand what they're trying to do, because right. it's young people and they know what they're mm-hmm. listening to. But now we're not just watering it down a little bit. We No, we got the whole song flat out playing in the sound system. On my mama. Yes. On my hood. I look fly. I look good. Catch my swag. You got the whole thing playing. The pastor is on the mic with it. Like he hacking with it. There's no way for you to make that holy. I think I think what what makes it worse, Shonda, is and in the case of one of these men, already they had a child outside. Of, you understand what's just so it's like, yeah. oh, so you just do what you want to do, pretty much. I mean, I'm I'm just saying that that that's what it be like. And I want to say this: everybody makes mistakes. I never judge nobody for the mistakes that we made because we are all one decision away Absolutely. from making a mistake. And some of the mistakes we have made just haven't been out for public consumption mm-hmm. like other people. So when you have a child out of wedlock with a, a mistress or whatever the situation may be, it's going to be out there. Right. So listen, things happen. So I'm not, we're not harping on that point, but what we're saying is, is when those situations do happen and, and, and you ask for repentance and you get yourself back, then this start to happen. It's like, oh, so you ain't even learned from the first lesson. So you just out here, just. The Bible says when judgment against an evil work is not done expeditiously, men's heart is setting them to continue their evil. Ain't nobody saying, we scared to say anything. We scared to tell people that they're doing the wrong thing. We are afraid to say anything because of what they're going to say. We are more concerned about the backlash from telling somebody, hey, you you need to hurry up and, and get this right. You are making a mockery of the gospel. We are more afraid of the backlash from that than from seeing what God's going to say to you. Because he speaks to us in the word, not only about those who do things, but those who take pleasure in those who do. So it's not just about the people who do it. It's also about those of us who take pleasure in those who do it. Those who don't say anything about those who doing it and those who participate in it. 
You think that you just going to go sit there and just watch them do it and not say nothing and that everything's okay? No, no. You think just because you didn't do it that you're okay? No, ma'am, no, sir. We got to stop playing around with this thing and treating you like, oh, you're going to be okay because all you did was drive the car. You do know in the world that the person who drive the car go to jail too. Accessory. Excess. You are an accessory, ma'am or sir, before, during, and after the fact. And you will suffer the same sentence. I don't care how you feel about it. I don't care how I feel about it. Now, I, I, you know I, I don't like to call names because I'm not one of those. But I, I can even think of there is a, a person out um, who, um, who uh, is out there heavy. And he's under somebody who is well respected. Mm-hmm. And, but because this particular person brings in money, mm-hmm. he, hasn't, does, he doesn't say nothing about his behavior right. at all. And I'm talking about this person that been caught up in all types of shenanigans. And it's sad to me because when you are, I started off the podcast talking about how when God entrusts you as a person that I almost look at it as a mentorship where God entrusts you with people that feel comfortable to come to you and tell you what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And you feel obligated to listen. But you also have to let them know where they're wrong. Absolutely. And if I am somebody who is in charge of an organization that you are a part of, I also have to sit you down for a season mm-hmm. to make it right. Not forever. Right. But for a season to get it right. Because if I don't sit you down, then your behavior, you deem it is okay. I, have a, I just got a puppy recently. There are things that I immediately have to nip in the bud or he's going to think it's okay as he gets older. Absolutely. No. No. So we nip that in the bud now. Right. But if you don't nip it in the bud Mm -hmm. and he get older and he keep doing it, I have nobody to blame. But you. But myself. Mm -hmm. So if this person continues to cause destruction within your organization, it ain't him no more. It's you as the leader of this organization that allowed that person to still be in position and not say anything when people are coming to you and telling you this person is causing discord, mm-hmm. a discourse or, and we know what the Bible talks about a discourse. So. Right. So not only are, do we have feckless leaders who are in, in on the pulpits, the people who they're under are even more feckless Absolutely. because they're letting them continue in this bad behavior. And, and saying, listen, this is not how one conducts himself. God loved, God said there another be another prophet like Moses. Didn't he say that? But Moses, he sat him down. Because mm-hmm. Moses disobeyed. A direct order. Didn't stop him from loving Moses. Didn't stop him from calling Moses the greatest prophet ever. But he sat him down. Yeah. And went immediately to the next one in line. And when he came to him, what did he say? He said, my, my, my servant Moses is dead. Like, like yeah, he even give him, just like what he tells Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Ooh, seeing like, as I have rejected him. Like, just get over it now, okay? Like, get over it. Like, how long will you mourn for him? When God didn't move down, he didn't move down. Why don't yeah. we move on like that, Sean? 
you know, we are so wrapped up in our emotion. We are just emotional. We are more emotional than we are spiritual. So it's easy for us to make emotional decisions. Well, I love him. I love her. I love them. I love this group. I love this organization. I've been with them for so long. We don't think about how long God has been with us. We don't think about how long we have been you know, pulling the grace like a rubber band. We, we don't think about that because all we see is that God is so loving. You know, he's, he's a God of love, and he loves everybody, and he loves everything, and that is not true. He loves everybody, but he doesn't love everything. He loves everybody, but there's another side. Wrapped in love is chastisement. Wrapped in love is, is some judgment. And we have the responsibility to warn people that judgment is coming. It is coming. It is coming rapidly. Riding a white horse that is galloping hard and fast down your street. And used to, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We are laughing and having parties and getting married and doing everything, and nobody's thinking. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody putting oil in their lamps? Because you, you at the party. You got your lamp with you, but ain't no oil in it. The little wick's not trimmed or nothing because you feel like, I got time. I'm here to tell you that you don't. You ain't got the time that you think you have. You don't have time to be worried about how people going to feel and how they going to respond. I'm not sitting in nobody's church who's swagging and surfing. You ain't got time to swag and surf. I'm not sitting in anybody's church who's singing to me, on my mama, on my hood. I look fly and I look good. Sir, I bet in God's eyes you ain't looking that good. Because I don't have time. To do that, you don't have time. I'm not sitting in somebody's church who's telling me my political views is sending me to hell. How I vote? Sorry, you ain't got time for that. What? 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 What, what that got that to do? Supposed to be what that got to do with salvation? Nothing. Who I voted for? But they they're saying it that who you vote for has a lot. Listen, we supposed to sit and I wish we didn't even have to. You know what I mean? I, I don't even want to hear. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Jesus did. When they came to Jesus asking about taxes, he could have gave a profound word. We don't need to pay taxes. And right. He said what? Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar. Render unto God mm -hmm. that which is God. We are God's people. So that's who we should be rendering unto when we come to you. I didn't come here for a political rally, sir. Right. To get I amped watch up. I the debate at home. I didn't come here for a recap of the political debate. <laughs> I, I need you to help me dress my soul. I don't need you to tell me who to vote for. If we actually get in the presence of God, because, you know, all these folks that be up in the glory, I don't, I don't know what you be doing. But if we actually get in the presence of God, you ain't got all these struggles and debates about what to do and what to think, where to go and who to be. You don't have all of that. Because the closer you get to God, the more loosely you wear the world. 
But if you got the world on and it's tied around your neck like a noose and the coat all zipped up and everything, it's that's too tight. We can't pull and tug on that and get it off you easily. Some of y'all wearing the world too tight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can tell when you get up and start talking. You can't shake it. You can't. And the thing is, behold, all things are new. And maybe you haven't gone through enough seasoning to get that off of you. <laughs> Which means you shouldn't even be up here in the first place. But there we go giving title without function. And a lot of y'all, unfortunately, just started church, so y'all don't even have no mentorship. You was going to a church, you didn't like what he was saying, so I'm going to start my own church. Mm-hmm. And I say what I want. And it's like, you ain't saying nothing. Speaking loud, but ain't saying nothing, as James Brown would say. Say, I'm going to do it too. Talking live, but ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't, okay. it, was just, it was right there. It was right there. It's okay. But that's what they doing. And again, you come over to my house on a Saturday, I'm probably playing some George Benson, Give Me the Night, some mm. jazz. I love my dad. This when we, I grew up, my, my family did construction. Mm-hmm. When we did these construction jobs, all, I mean, the radio stayed. Right. On smooth jazz, 98.7. Just, you know, Pat Matheny and Kenny G and Alexander Zonchek. So, you know, and some people have an issue with jazz, and that's cool. Right. But I ain't got Kenny G in the church. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I don't. Right. I don't have George Benson Mm -hmm. in the church. Right. Yeah, I got you. But... One thing I know I don't have is Tupac at the church. Like, even Shonda, you could get away with, like, some instrumental. Because you people, you know, but, like, Shonda, imagine me on the pulpit. And I get up there. I just want you to imagine this, Shonda. And I'm like, you know, God's been dealing with me. I just want to thank you all. Before, before I open this book, you know. Sometimes I just think to myself, you know, like Pac said, you, as soon as I say Pac, you know, cause I, I look at the devil, like first off, <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I promise you. I did. As soon as you said, imagine me in the pulpit, I was like, he's he going to do hit him up. Cause, cause it's, well, no, cause hit him up is just a classic, but I'm just yeah, saying, just, first it. off, you, I'm so Shook right now because I knew <laughs> that that is <laughs> that just means we simpatico. That's what yeah. that means. But you understand yeah. what I'm saying? I, do. I mean, I could have went anywhere with Pac because I know a lot of his songs still. Yeah. But yeah. But I'm just saying, you be like, but you had to understand. I was talking about the devil in the con- sir. I don't care who you was talking about. Right. This ain't the time and the place. It's not time and place, and this ain't it. Ain't it. But yet we get up here and we like do. I mean, Sean, it's like we've had political discussions on this podcast, but that's what this is for. Mm-hmm. We not at the pulpit. We've had or we've cracked jokes. We've talked about marriage and sex and all of that other stuff, which I feel like that need to be talked about. But the way y'all talking about this other stuff, I don't know. About what y'all talking? Joking, going to church, be like, all right. So this is my Pornhub uh, page right here. You know, you be like, yo, your Pornhub page. 
Yeah, That's but the I, very reason right now why some of y'all need a paper Bible because you got your Bible app right next to your porn app. And you're going to fool around and push the wrong button in service and it's going to be a whole other uh, situation. Uh, well, Get you a Bible. It's true, though. That's yeah, true. You got the word stash right between a couple of apps that is the, the one wrong move of the, of the hand and yawn it go. Is that plenty of fish? Ain't you married? You know what, what I mean? You, Ain't you married plenty of fish? What you on a dating site on your phone for? I'm, I'm t- Listen, if y'all don't believe me when I tell you, and I'm only having this conversation with you because of the conversations that God has had with me, you know, I I ain't exempt. Like, none of us are exempt. None of us. We're not exempt. But we, when you are a shepherd, there is a greater responsibility. Absolutely. Placed upon you. Like, do the... Like, you can't play church. No. Like, yeah, we as the church as the body, but when you are a shepherd mm-hmm. that have been given a flock, like, I, you know, we talk about a, a sheep, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Well, no, sir, the, the, when you got the wolves and you just inviting them in. Yeah. You ain't even like, ain't even got to dress up no more. You just letting the wolves in there. And then you wonder why your people getting devoured. Imagine this. Sheep. You got the sheep out in the, you know, in grazing in, in the field. And he's irritated. And he's banging his head against the tree. And he's about to bang his head till his own death because he's irritated. And it is the job of the shepherd to stop this irritation before this sheep dies. You're the one with the oil. So you're supposed to be there to pour the oil on the sheep so that the parasites in its nose slide out easily and not burrowing in there, creating irritants, causing it to bang its head against the tree until it dies. But you off somewhere else, not watching the sheep or tending the oil, and your sheep are dying. Or you have one who has fallen over into a little a, a groove and can't get back up. But you're the one who's supposed to restore the soul, which means stand me back up on my feet. But you distracted because you listening, because you swagging and surfing over here off to the side. So you don't recognize what's happening. Or I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death across this mountain and I slide off the side, but you got the hook or the rod and staff that's supposed to catch me, but you can't catch me because guess what? You busy doing stuff that you weren't called or assigned to do. Your job is to answer who will go for me, who will speak for me, and who can I send. But you off, because you swagging and surfing, and you off in the political debates, and you off with your little cliques over here on the side, and you're not paying attention to what's happening with the sheep. Who bears the responsibility for this herd of dead sheep over here off to the side? She didn't hit about six threes in a row now, folks. She's on fire. She you don't want that responsibility out of oil? Then give it to somebody else. But walking in your no, because they like the prestige that comes with the title. 
Yeah, you like being the oil keep the keeper of the oil. But you got a a herd of dead sheep. Your your sheep not laying down in in green pastures or drinking from still waters. They're being swept away in in the currents that you're creating. They don't, can't lay down. Don't the Bible talk about over dead bones or something you are um Oh, I wish I could have something. To, I, 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 it'll come to me later. We'll talk about it offline, but I know it's something about. But yeah, I just it. Mm-mm. I like that analogy though, because it's true. It's true. That's your responsibility as shepherd. Psalms twenty three is the responsibility of a good shepherd. Anything else? You're the reason why the sheep are dying, and you have to pay an account to the pe- person who assigned you the sheep because if you're the shepherd them is somebody else's sheep they are not yours and you got to answer for every single one of them woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture declares the lord therefore thus says the lord the god of israel concerning the shepherds who care for my people you have scattered my flock and driven them away and you have not attended to them Psalms 23 is a year. It is a year. That's Jeremiah 23. Absolutely. So that's a correlation. But there you go. Go ahead. It's a year's journey from the from the, the, the spring, summer, fall, and winter. That's your job in all of these seasons. That's every single year. There's no time off in here for you to be off to the side doing something else. It is your job to lead them when the pasture is no longer sufficient to feed them. It is your job to lead them across the dangerous terrain to greener pastures. What time do you have to be uh, walking it out? Now walk it out. Where where do you have time for that? What time do you have to be off with somebody else's uh, family? What time do you have to be drunk? What time do you have? What? Please tell me, you can't leave the 99 and go get the one because you don't even recognize that the one is gone. Huh? What? What do you, what do you mean? What Something missing? Earl got out? I didn't even know. He was gone. You, you don't have that kind of time. You don't. And for the rest of us, who the rest of the sheep that's in the herd, when you see one, correct one. Sheep beget sheep. That the one next to you is your responsibility too. But you drunk. I think I'm upset. But you drunk. <laughs> you ain't paying attention. You at the party. You at the club. You surrounded by everybody in your area lame too. So you don't realize that you can walk. Blind leading the blind. Everybody in the ditch. And because all y'all in the ditch, you don't even realize that this is not a good place to be. Just because it's a bunch of people in here with you don't mean it's a good place to be. <sighs> that part. All, all your friends are there. It's still not a good, it's, that's not a good place to be. Y'all somewhere, because it was a lot of people at the Dream Center. A lot. That looked like the place to be. It was a lot of people at the Jim Jones camp, too. <laughs> drinking all the Kool-Aid. Drinking all of it. And, and he ain't even drinking. Think, you think it's okay. And it's not. It's not. How do we get out of it? Last question. Well, you can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You can't stand in the way of sinners. You can't sit in the seat of the scornful. 
your delight has to be in the law of the Lord, and you got to find yourself in it day and night. And then you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water whose leaves don't wither. Psalms 1. Didn't think I knew that, huh? I know you knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. Rabbi, we know what that music means. Oh, I know what it means. It means the block is hot. And it's funny, while we were recording the pod, my aunt sent me something. No telling what she just sent me. Uh-oh. Probably something to get me even hotter. But you got anything today? No, I'm I'm going to jump on your block because I know it's hot. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> um. So I saw an interview this week on CNN. Um, Abby Phillips um, had Charlemagne and Angela Ride on, and they had played a snippet of an interview that um, former First Lady Michelle Obama had did, and she never said the former president number 44's name, or 45, excuse me, his name, but just saying how Black a black person in political office couldn't get away with doing certain things with the indictments and stuff like that. And um so they show the clip, they come back and they ask Angela Rye and um Charlemagne, did they agree with the first lady? You know, Angela Rye, of course I agree. Da, da, da. And Charlemagne all of a sudden, like he takes that as his opportunity to want to call out um the current person in office saying you know i don't think he's done much you know but and people mad at me because it's like i told them to vote for him and all this other stuff and and now they looking at me and all this other stuff and and so she was like so are you gonna vote for that former president he said i'm well one person is the end of democracy and the other person isn't even though i know that term is used all the time but it was just like he was giving cover to people because Maybe he talked about voting a certain way and now people are getting backlash because they feel a certain way um, and aren't politically educated. But but this is why I bring that up is is even about the topic about straddling. the. Nobody asked you all of that, sir. Answer the question. But you feel like the need to throw this stuff in because probably people who, you know, like, well, you told us to vote for him and look at the situation we're in now. And a lot of times what we have to do is we have to research people on the situation we're in now. It's one thing for me to sit rabbi and say, this is wrong. The groceries is high because they are high. But then if I go and I look, wow, they profit year over year. Well, how do you profit year over year, rabbi? You got to increase the price. If the price is in increase and the, but the inflation is going down, that means y'all price gouging us. The price of gas, these barrels go up and down, but gas companies always make record profits every year. Why is that? Because they gouging people. I literally believe that we can go back to mid-90s gas prices and they still make a profit, but that's not enough for them. I remember 99 cent gas, dollar two. Oh. I remember that. I'm like, them was the days if somebody said, I got five, cool, where you wanna go? I'll take right. you downtown and back. Right. For five dollars. Sure enough. 
Five dollars? Nah, I can't even. You ain't getting me to roll out the bed. Like I ain't even taking your car when you say you put like minimum putting on the tank. Not twenty dollars. Minimum twenty. Yeah. Like I throw you a little gas money. How much a little? Because if anything <laughs> less than twenty, <laughs> like a little twenty is the minimum. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's where we start. That's where we start the negotiations. Start right. at twenty. You know, because Lyft gonna hit you with a. $22 for to go two miles. They're going to hit you with it. And Uber, so, but it's just that because we don't educate ourselves politically, because we don't educate ourselves economically, we blame stuff on people that ain't even the people's fault. Do When you say he promised to pass Voting Rights Act, do you know a president can't do nothing but veto there's certain things that they can sign off on, but they can't do pass any laws without Congress. And when you got a dysfunctional Congress, it isn't the president's fault. This is, and trust me, this ain't me making an excuse for the current person that's president because I wouldn't have voted for him either. But when I had these two options, these it, to me, when you if it's option A and option B, it wasn't no other way but to vote. Right. Period. And if that's the same options I got coming up, I'm doing the exact same thing, period. Ain't, ain't even no, no thought to me. Ain't nobody going to stand in front of the church and tell me why I need to, especially when this person is basically telling you, if I get elected again, I'm going crazy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Political enemies. I'm throwing them in jail. I, basically, just, I'm going to do whatever I want to do if I get reelected. And I ain't leaving. And, and y'all just be like, oh, he joking. Y'all, oh, he joking. And then the way to see how they trying to, I really now see in real time how y'all try to change history. Last week was the anniversary of the January 6th attack on the White House. And y'all literally be trying to tell us that it wasn't as bad as we. As we saw. Who I'm going to believe, you or my lying eyes. Shonda, that looked like some World War Z to zombies trying to get it to, you know, you see something like that and you say, no, they was opening the door. They was letting them in. It wasn't that bad. What? And, over the wall? And, and like I saw the, the the black Congress lady over the, and I'll show you the clip. I can't think of her name, but she said, y'all sitting here talking about it wasn't that bad. She said, y'all was hiding just with us. Y'all was running scared too. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden it wasn't that bad. Right. What would you, what, what was you hiding in your office for then? You know what I'm saying? It's like one of them jokes would be like, oh, hold me back, hold me back. Like, you wasn't going to do nothing anyway. Right, right. I wasn't scared. You, brother, you was under your desk. Like, with the chair pulled in. Exactly. Make it look like ain't nobody in here. Exactly. That was real. But you wasn't scared. So, because y'all didn't know what they was in there to do. And they wasn't in there to play tiddlywinks. Nope. Not at all. So, again, and we can bring up political stuff because this ain't a pulpit. But, um, but yeah, so anything else, Rabbi, before I close that out? No, I think you did it. All right, well, that's this week's block is hot because when I saw that, I'm just, sir, pipe down. Great episode today, Rabbi. Always good to be here. I, 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 I think we need to, I'm going to start tagging people in this like. Tag the pastors that I'm talking about. Maybe somebody in the atmosphere, or hear them because I just want to have a conversation. Like honestly, and even if I saw them and was able to have a conversation with them, 
I would still show love. Right. I ain't going to sit there and on the throne of judgment. Like, Nigga, what you do? No. Right. What was your thought process? What 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 about that made you think? Because I saw a video that a uh, um, Dream Center pastor, um, William Murphy, Murphy did talking about. Well, one hundred and twenty people right. came to. Yeah, I saw that. One hundred three, one hundred and fifty people gave their lives to the Lord that day. Well, when were you displaying the Lord? I mean, what what did these hundred and fifty? I didn't. I, I, why, why you didn't show that video? Because to me, that's the that's the the joy part. That's the video that need to be out there. You know, and sometimes, well, you know, this may end up being an extended no, block is hot. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> this 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 grinds me, man. When you say 150 people, you know, came to the altar and, re- and repeated the sinner's prayer, and, and now they're saved. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop it. Because there is more to the plan of salvation than that. That is just the beginning. That's really not even a full introduction to who. You ain't really even introducing the people. You can get anybody to repeat what you say. Repeat after me. Simon says can get people to repeat what he says. Come on, you, bro, okay. (laughs) Yep. 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 (laughs) You ready? I sound like you ready. Yep. Let's do it. Go ahead. Um, I'll close with this. We, you said we we don't educate ourselves. Um, I think we miseducate ourselves all the time and sometimes on purpose. I think it's easier to believe a lie than it is to accept the truth. There's there's no change that has to happen, you know, when you lie to yourself. Um, but the truth is people will still perish from lack of knowledge, you still have the responsibility to gain that knowledge for yourself. And hey, and remember, God is not mocked. He hasn't changed. What he requires of us is still the same. Um, in Matthew 13, 24 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seeds in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. If you are alive today and you can see and hear, you should be aware that there is a separation time that's happening right now, that the separation between the wheat and tear is happening every single day that you wake up. You have the option right now to decide if you're going to be bundled and burned or if you're going to be stored in the barn for the master's use. The choice is yours. Amen, amen, amen. So I'm going to close with this. You know, for the longest time, I used to talk to people and I used to always say to them, well, Sunday is for sinners. Sunday service is for sinners. Sunday service. And, And I've been on this miseducation journey um 
And I realized, no, that's that's wrong. And I've been saying it for so long. I would say that for so long, but that was wrong because the synagogue experience is for Christians. It is for ones that are already serving Christ. The gospel is for sinners to bring them unto Christ. So when we are in the synagogue and we are of one mind, of one accord, serving the Lord, there is a etiquette that takes place. When Paul wrote the epistles starting from Romans and the other epistles from John and James all the way to Revelation, there is an etiquette that has to happen within the church community. Paul let them know why they weren't succeeding in reaching the heights that God wanted them to do. But yet we are backsliding as a community and we are missing the call. When you come to the synagogue, when you come to your place of worship, there is an expectation that needs to be set forth to the saints of, to the church in, to the church of Corinth, to the saints of Ephesus. Those were letters to people that were already in the fold. There is a different service and an expectation. If you are trying to reach the world, go to the world to reach the world. But if you are trying to feed your sheep, the only thing they need to be eaten is God's manna. And with that being said, I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you for listening. We'll be back. God bless.